Chapter Nine of The Night Side of New York by members of the New York Press. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Tombs on Sunday Morning. All New York has had a peep at that dismal, gloomy pile of granite called the Tombs. Its cheerless Egyptian style of architecture, its uninviting locality, combine to make its effect on the passer-by anything but agreeable a dreaded abode of stern remorseless justice the gaslights streaming up the hill of elm street like lines of golden bees to borrow a simile from shelley are growing fainter and fainter in the dawn of this frosty december morn a grey mist still broods in the atmosphere and the shadows around this big square pile of granite are melting but it will smile not even in the rosy dawn save the tinkling of a distant car bell the world around is as quiet as a churchyard not a pedestrian to be seen not even a vagrant dog or a skulking cat gives life to the deserted quarter the groggeries festering in its proximity are barred up and their inmates are snoring off their drunken stupors through the open iron gate up its many cold slippery steps past its ponderous pillars and we are in a dark cavernous porch now to this door to the left on the threshold of which we meet a group of sleepy metropolitans and we enter the justice's court it is not a large room but its ceiling is lofty and great deep windows gash its sides the floor pitches towards a railed enclosure within which on an elevation sits the judge the clerk and their assistants wooden seats divided by a center aisle face this forum the railed enclosure runs along the front of the justice's desks and leads to a door at the end the entrance from the prison beside this door is another that of the examining room a little gate guarded by a squad of policemen opens into the aisle and gives exit to the fortunate the seats are well filled with a gathering of old women sympathetic brothers and sisters a few idle spectators flashy roughs and a politician or two eager to reap a batch of votes by proffering bail some of the old women are snivelling some of the men are talking in bated breath and the roughs to a man are squirting tobacco furiously the presiding judge is a type of shakespeare's justice belly with goodly capon lined the moving human panorama of vice vagrancy and want daily revolving before his eyes is not reflected the least in his jovial face stern unflinching justice may be his attribute yet he reveals it not in a line or furrow well dressed up to the prevailing style his pendant whiskers trimmed to a nicety he lolls in his awful seat a perfect specimen of a bonhomie you would think a pitiful tale or an extenuated wrong would move so much geniality from its harsh duty not so judge hogan knows too well that the law is not a sentiment he is in the flood-tide of the business of the day saturday night of all nights of the week reaps a full harvest of criminals 
much of the weekly wages of the working class are sure to flow into the rumseller's till and their fiery drafts in turn send many of the poor fellows into the hands of the police on the heels of a holiday the young bloods about town always sport through the city with a greater zest looking forward to the quiet of a sunday to sleep off their orgies and cool their fevered blood there is no lagging in the work of this sunday morning court fines are levied innocents discharged and evil-doers committed with a commendable activity and the judicial functionaries seldom miss their breakfast but let us detail some of the scenes shifting before us some are amusing and awake a hearty laugh in the sombre hall many are moving and do not fail to cause a throb of sympathy in the heart of the most satiated observer but the more are of a character that carry disgust to the very soul and you shudder at the depths into which humanity can fall bridget a stalwart amazon of the milesian persuasion had appropriated the headgear of a fellow female lodger so the latter lady swears the headgear which may be mistaken for any old housekeeper's mop is displayed in court indeed i paid seven shillings for it judge and if the gentleman with the big brass buttons will just step around the corner to the lady's what keeps a thread and needle-like store she'll be apt to swear the same as meself sure it's not the like of me that would wear the coverin of such a lively head as the top piece of that impudent hussy pointing to complaining lodger who happened to be at that instant irritating her scalp silence said the judge or someone whose duty it was to impose it the little half-born titter in the court is quickly strangled bridget thought her wit had gained her a point but the straightforward story of the lodger and her witness deprived biddy of all title to the old headgear and by way of solace the judge proffered her a rural excursion to that gay and festive isle at the foot of fifty-second street east river as she was escorted back to the prison by a gentlemanly m p she shot at her tongue with the vilest of all vocal volleys it would have made the traditions of billingsgate blush a brutal savage rum-eaten creature squalidly clothed the haunting carcass of a cherry street cellar now stands at the bar a feeble haggard woman soon to be a mother as filthily clothed her eyes blackened an angry flush on her forehead moans out her piteous wail against the brutality of her lord and master they go fearful lengths in their hells of cruelty these poor irish females before they lift up their voices at a justice bar for a drop of amelioration the doings of a chenchi pale before the record of this brute's fiendish acts what a relief to think that this ferocious animal is to be caged for a while and you think that this poor female has got rid of her trials bah these blue-coated metropolitans will tell you when that ugly wound heals and a few weeks roll around that she will moan over the step she has taken 
and that this very author of her woes will be welcomed from exile with joy and what has brought this nice young man into the caravan well judge i did get a little high drank a little too much madame clicquot in the back parlor got a little jealous wine and women you know smashed a mirror or two must up things generally went out on the sidewalk to cool off upset a row of ash barrels pulled a little dutchman's nose rang a few doorbells stuck a barber's pole into a confectioner's shop judge rather a big stick of candy then topped off by upsetting policeman number the devil knows what his number was i can't remember tut tut my healthy boy i know exactly how to make up your little bill be careful how you come this way again young sport you'll have something to remember me by besides a fine then there was a squad of bloated drunkards reeking with foul gin a quartet of courtesans their painted faces ghastly in the morning light their dishevelled locks their torn finery parodying beauty sickening the very soul and preaching purity and morality from the very contrast thieves pickpockets swindlers follow them now it is a poor pale-faced little fellow an oliver twist the pupil of some artful dodger he has a little blue bundle under his arm and has passed a sleepless night with vagrants around him they are audible the sobs of his poor mother weeping on the wooden bench his blue eyes swim with tears at the sight of her perhaps as they pass out of this sombre room hand in hand they will hear the sweet music of the church bells and a good angel will ever guard from crime the soul of that poor pale-faced little fellow the audience who sit in the tombs court of a sunday morning listen to terrible sermons sermons the texts of which are the creation and the victims of vice to turn now and then from pleasant scenes and spend a short hour here can alone inform you of the horror the brutality the viciousness of a great city's outcasts End of chapter nine